Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermod. Welcome to this bonus edition of Kermod on Film. Now, Kermod on Film is usually only issued on a Tuesday. Every now and then we do an extra edition. That's what we're doing now because on the most recent MK3D online show, which you can currently watch that show at BFI Player, we had three guests, Henry Blake and Julian Temple, who were the subject of the most recent Kermod on Film podcast, and also Hollywood legend Kathleen Turner. She came on the show to talk about a new documentary, Raise Hell, The Life and Times of Molly Ivins, a journalist who looms very large in Kathleen Turner's life. It was a pleasure to speak to her. Here is a longer version of my conversation with the great Kathleen Turner. So, Kathleen, lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us where you are. Where are you speaking to us from? I am at the moment in Los Angeles, although... I spend as little time here as is humanly possible. <laughs> um, I live in New York and I have always been content to do so. But I'm here shooting um, shooting a series for Netflix, The Kaminsky Method, with Michael Douglas. So I play his ex-wife. So it's kind of War of the Roses. <laughs> so is everything there functioning normally as far as movie production is concerned with, with COVID and everything? No, not at all. No, we are tested at least four times a week. In fact, after this, I'll have to go into the studio, though I'm not shooting today, just yeah. for the test. And then we are all have designated zones. The red zone is the actors, the yellow zone is the people that have to be on set, the um, sound camera, you know. And in between shooting, we have to go to our zones. There's no mingling, there's no socializing. There is a COVID monitor who goes around saying, please stand further apart. Lunch, you eat alone in your room. It's, uh, it's not as much fun as it used to be. Is it possible to be as creative as you would usually be under those circumstances when it comes to being before the camera? Does it make any difference? Uh, no, it doesn't. No. I mean, it's still... Well, in any case, working with Michael, the two of us have done so much work together that it's a little... Um, it's just like, oh, yeah, you. you know. <laughs> I remember talking to Danny DeVito years and years ago about killing the dog and uh, and him telling me that, you know, for all... For all the stuff that went on, he said that's the one thing that they wouldn't accept. We weren't allowed to kill the dog, so he had to put the picture back in of the dog running free. 
Yeah, but, but but then he gave me a gift at the end of the at the end of the filming, which was a silver pate plate that said "Wolf." <laughs> <laughs> so, Kathleen, there is a documentary out. Um, about Molly Ivins, which is now available uh, digitally here in the UK. Obviously, you played her on stage, but for people who don't know, tell us who she was and why she was important to you and to everyone. Well, the stage play called Red Hot Patriot, the kick-ass wit of Molly Ivins, which was written by the Engel sisters, um, is the reason that Janice and her partner decided to make this documentary because of what they saw in the play. Um, she was a, a journalist, well, a few, she was kind of the Mark Twain, the female Mark Twain of her time. And she had wonderful, outrageous stories. And, and she, 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 said, she, she said she would always aim her, her wit, her sarcasm or her satire at the powerful. Uh, because to do it at the powerless was not only rude, uh, it was demeaning. It was to the person. Um, she, she was the one who coined the phrase that made, that they called um, George Bush shrub. The, um, she was a really brave and incredible activist. She was very, very active with the ACLU. And I was fortunate enough to have some, to meet her, to have some time with her, because I'm on the board of People for the American Way for 30 some years. And so occasionally we would trade places as keynote speakers for each other's organizations. Um, And I'll tell you, she was, when the first time that I did the play in Philadelphia, when we created it, uh, the first performance, and the entire plane load came from the Texas Observer and the Texas ACLU flew to, the, to Philadelphia, including uh, Molly's brother. And I thought, oh God, the first night, I mean, you know, give me a break for everything. <laughs> but then the most extraordinary thing happened because he came backstage and he's big, he's bigger than she was, 6'2", he's, he's more, you know. And he kind of enfolded me in his arms and said, thank you for keeping her alive. Well, wow. felt very, very good about that because she's worth, oh, she's worth knowing, I'll tell you. And when it came to the documentary, were you, uh, were you in- involved or you were interviewed for it, but the, but the interview isn't in the doc, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, they did come to me and ask me to add, but decided, I think, that uh, I was a bit superfluous. I mean, what they wanted, and that really was Molly herself, you know? Kathleen, I'm sure you're never superfluous in anything at all. They're very kind. so So it sounds to me like there is a kindred spirit thing there between you and her. What are the qualities that she had that you see in yourself? Oh, boy. The rage, uh, the passion, the, uh, I, 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 I'll just, I'll give you a taste of Molly, yeah? Something that absolutely moved me. She says, 
So keep fighting for freedom and justice, beloveds. But don't forget to have fun with it. Lord, let your laughter ring forth. Be outrageous. Ridicule the frady cats. Rejoice in all the oddities that freedom can produce. And when you get through kicking ass and celebrating the sheer joy of a good fight, be sure and tell those who come after how much fun it was. <laughs> and I love that. I'm always having fun. When you read that, it sounds like you're reading something you wrote yourself. It sounds like it's coming from you. It doesn't sound like you reading lines. I felt so, that way sometimes, quite honestly. I felt that I would have said the same thing, maybe not quite as cleverly as she did. Um, but she had years to hone her, hone her writing. Um, oh, it was, it, it is very, she's a woman who's very, very close to my soul, I perhaps would say. I had been asked to join the New York Times. They wanted Molly for the unique voice, the iconoclast, but they wanted her to fit into the times. As we say in Texas, that dog don't hunt. Damn, it's good to be back home again. Porn can make a difference in Texas. What the hell they need with one more liberal in Berkeley, California, for God's sake. Texas has always been the national laboratory for bad government. Major daily publications were buying her column and not running it. You bet there's censorship. Anytime you do the kind of work Molly did, there's a price to pay for it. Molly got death threats, threatening letters. I think of you as a hateful, lying left liberal. We keep pretending that the political spectrum runs from right to left. It doesn't. It runs from top to bottom. It's not those people in Washington. It's not those people in your state capital. This country is run by us. Somebody has got to look them in the eye and speak truth. And she did. Now, Kathleen, you said before that, you know, that what she enjoyed was, you know, she was a, a, a great writer and she was up for a fight. I live in the New Forest in uh, in the UK, which is a lovely enclave. But my neighbour, well, I grew uh, up in London. You know, I I, oh, I know England very very well. Yes. Well, my neighbour here for, for many years was Ken Russell, who was a great friend. Oh my and, uh, god. And still sadly, now on the subject of somebody who was a great intellect and was always up for a scrap. What are your memories of working with Ken? Well, when I when I accepted uh, Crimes of Passion, you know, it was right after Romancing the Stone. And the, the backlash from Hollywood was incredible. You know, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're, you're becoming America's sweetheart. You know, you can't do this kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but uh, Ken was, is, was, uh, I think, truly a genius. Um, flawed in that he wanted and needed to be respected as an international director. And when he stayed with his films about composers, you know, which were extraordinary, um, he was pretty safe. But otherwise, when he was doing what he would consider maybe a, a Hollywood movie, he would always find a way to shoot himself in the foot. There would be something that you would go, did you have to do that, you know? But then years later, I wrote a book and um, 
called Send Yourself Roses. And I wrote in it, as I do uh, honestly of everything, that he, you know, he would start drinking uh, wine. I was lucky. Bill Hurt told me it was scotch when he worked with him. Around, you know, six o'clock in the morning, you know, you'd go in to say good morning and he'd say, would you like a glass? And you'd say, no, no, thank you, you know. Uh, any case, I wrote about his, you know, how much. And he wrote me a letter and said that everything I wrote was absolutely true. And uh, he, you know, applauded me. But, and meanwhile, he was planning on doing a remake of Alice in Wonderland. And he had me in mind for the Red Queen. Uh, but don't worry, the rest, you know, the rest of the court would be naked, but not me. And I thought, holy shit, how do I answer this one? Anyway, uh, he died very shortly after, and I didn't have to. Oh, I have to say, um, he—he's one of those people who filled a room. I mean, he was—you know—he would—you would just set him. You'd say you give him a glass of wine, set him going, and he was one of the most entertaining people I have—I have ever spent time with. Yeah. But just recently, I did an, an introduction for the BFI Four Crimes of Passion. Yeah. Went back and watched it again, and I—I I was really surprised by how much, even now. That film is edgy in a way that films just aren't. I mean, it's I, a film I, of ideas, but it's really edgy. I think it's some of my best work. I really do. I think he pushed me to, um, and not just him, but the, the whole situation, the conflicts that were inherent in the in the script and in the set. Um, I no, I, I'm actually I'm very proud of the work in that. Yeah, you are, you are fantastic in that. That is a genuinely fearless performance. <laughs> well, that's why Molly and I get along so well. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, obviously, um, you know, justice and deflating kind of hypocrisy was a very big thing for Molly Ivins. I wonder whether you and I are talking just in in the wake of uh, of the recent election. Obviously, there has been a result, although um, uh, Trump refuses to accept it. I wonder whether how you feel about what's happening right now at the moment uh, in America, because from the other side of the you know other side of the Atlantic, it looks like you had an election. 
somebody won, and yet somebody is still contesting it in the White House with no evidence at all. Well, it's not unexpected. It truly is not. I mean, first of all, I think everyone I know and and care about and my dearest friends, we were immediately, you know, uh, on text just saying, are you breathing? I'm breathing. I'm breathing. The, the sense of dread leading up to the election was almost unbearable. You know, the, it would be the first thing in your mind in the morning. It would be, it would weigh on you all day long. Uh, and of course, we didn't really quite realize how much it weighed until it was released. Um, I have no doubt that uh, this that Biden, Biden will be sworn in as our president. That does not worry me at all. Um, it does worry me how much more damage Trump can manage before he has to go. Uh, and he will. He will go. Uh, but he is capable of such appalling things that you cannot help but worry. What do you think Molly Ivins would have made of what's happening now? Oh, God, she would have sobbed. She would have, she would have, oh, uh, she would have been at the front of the Women's March the day after inauguration, I'm sure of that. Um, I think it would break her heart. Do you know, she started or ended a lot of her columns with the words, uh, beloveds, you know. And I honestly feel that she felt that way toward the American people. And what that did to me was give me a, a greater sense of compassion and uh, a more inclusive feeling about uh, America because I, my background is so, I didn't live in the United States, you know, until university. I, my father was a diplomat, so we live mostly in South America and there in England. Um, so I didn't come along with a lot of the divisions that are inherent in, in our country. I didn't experience them. Um, but her, her love of people and of the country taught me a lot, you know, gave me a greater sense of myself as the American I wanted to be. One of my favourite scenes in any of your movies is the scene in Peggy Sue Got Married in which she's standing in the classroom and she starts singing the, you know, the anthem and everyone's looking at her like, why is she doing it so enthusiastically? And I, I love that scene. I love that movie, actually. But I love that scene because it's so perfectly done, that thing about stepping back into a past and suddenly being filled with this kind of love and admiration for it the 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 knowledge i mean as a 16 year old without any of her illusions yet shattered you know without the turmoil and the partisanship that we have that has grown uh, throughout the years to to be free of that oh god you shout it to heaven <laughs> Do you feel optimistic about the future? Do you feel like we are on the brink of a, of a? Because it even from over here, it feels like a new day is dawning. 
First of all, I am always optimistic. I just refuse to be otherwise. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. There is, there is much more possibility, I think, for communication and for, if, if we can actually institute uh, the education that's needed, the healthcare that's needed, if we can lower the the in incredible gap, you know, of um, the inequality of of money, um, if we can even just start that, uh, I think that uh, it will continue in the right direction. And of all the roles that you've played so far, I'm sure there are many more to come. Which is the one that you're most proud of? Which is the thing that's closest to your heart? Quite honestly, Martha, who was afraid of Virginia Woolf. I just glorify. I've been, I waited 30 years to play that part. I did. I did. When I was 20, I read the play and I said, oh, that's mine. You know, when I'm 50. And uh, I had my 50th birthday party on Broadway uh, playing Martha. And, and was it everything that you wanted it to be, having wanted it for so long? You know what it did is, uh, and what one I hope for, is it uses everything you've got. I mean, you come to the end of a performance, and God help you on the days when there are two, um, and you're <laughs> used up. You're used up. And it's such an incredibly satisfying feeling. You know, to know that, you must know this, to know that you have put everything you can into it and uh, you didn't pull back, you didn't protect yourself, you didn't hedge, you know, you just did it. And that is a glorious feeling. Kathleen, that's great. Thank you so much. It's been really lovely to talk to you. Thank you for finding time. I know you've got a very, very busy schedule. I hope that at some point you're over here when all this is behind us and we can meet in person. Oh, I would love but in the meantime, to come back to London. Well, if you are, let me know. I'll, I'll come and say hello. It's been a privilege oh. speaking to you. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. My thanks to the great Kathleen Turner. What a treat. I hope you enjoyed this Kermit on Film podcast. If you want to hear extended versions of those other interviews from MK3D with Henry Blake and Julian Temple, they're both on the previous edition of Kermit on Film. If you've enjoyed this podcast, as always, remember to subscribe, tell your friends, check out our Patreon page. There's loads of exciting stuff there. Keep watching the skies. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.